Hello, me again. Okay, so being from the Usborn, Usborn, the Usborn book of Greek myths <laughs> by Anna Milburn and Louise Stowell. Um, illustrated by Simona Bercy, Elena Temporin, Temporin? Oh, okay, I messed that up. And Petra Brown, or Petra Brown. We don't know. Here we go. Perseus and the Snake-Haired Monster I have decided to ask Princess Hippodamia to marry me, King Polydectus announced to his court completely out of the blue. One of his younger subjects, Perseus, mouthed with relief. For months, the king had been pestering his mother to marry him, but she wasn't the least bit interested. Now he was 18. Perseus felt it was his job to protect his mother from unwelcome suitors, even if her admirer was the king himself. Luckily, it seemed the king had turned his attention elsewhere. Of course, I'll need to take gifts when I ask for her hand, Polydectus continued. I wouldn't want her to refuse me. His courtiers, his, his court tired, courtiers, courtiers laughed politely, <laughs> and I immediately began. Wait, no mm-hmm. crap. And mm-hmm. I said, and I'm. <laughs> and immediately began to offer white horses and fine jewels from their coffers for the king to give his bride to be. Perseus was so busy basking in relief that the king's voice nearly made him jump out of his skin. And what will you give me, young Perseus? In his eagerness for the king's proposal to be accepted, Perseus got rather carried away. How about a rare orchid from Mount Olympus, he suggested extravagantly. Or golden apples from Hera's magic tree. Or I could even bring you the head of Medusa. It's a peculiar engagement gift, but yes, I accept, said the king, cutting him short. Perseus looked at him questioningly. Medusa's head will do nicely, the king said. Perseus nodded turning very slightly pale. Medusa was a gorgon, a monstrous creature with a woman's face and hundreds of snakes for hair. Not only that, anyone who met her gaze was instantly turned to stone. Perseus left the palace feeling as if he had bitten off rather more than he could chew. A sour smile crept over the king's lips as he watched him go. Now he's out of the way, he muttered darkly. Perhaps his mother will have more time for me. Perseus was too busy thinking about the task ahead to suspect the king's true intentions. May the gods help me, he murmured to himself as he walked along. I haven't the faintest idea where to begin. I I don't even know where Medusa lives. Only her three sisters can tell you that said a strange voice above him. Perseus looked up to find a bright-skinned young man hovering in the air. 
He was wearing sandals with glittering gold wings, which kept him aloft. Perseus stared, open mouthed. It was Hermes, the messenger god. Hermes smiled. These will take you to the Gorgon sisters, he said, and handed Perseus a pair of winged sandals just like his own. Then he gave Perseus a bag and a soft brown cap. Wearing this cap will make you invisible, so it will be easier to get close to Medusa, he explained. It belongs to Hades, so do look after it, won't you? The bag is to carry the head in, should you succeed. Thank you, stammered Perseus. You'll need these as well, came another voice, as Athena, the mighty goddess of war, appeared out of thin air. She handed him a sword and a bronze shield so highly polished that he could see his own astonished face in it. Good luck, she added, and with that, the god and goddess vanished. Perseus eagerly strapped on his new sandals. At once, the tiny wings began to flutter, lifting him off the ground. The next thing he knew, he was soaring high in the sky far beyond the only kingdom he'd ever knew. No. <laughs> he flew for miles across the sea and eventually came within sight of land. The sandals took him down and down until he landed gently on the pebbled shore at the mouth of a cave. Perseus heard muffled voices, so he poked so he poked his head into the cave and called is anybody home? A visitor! A visitor! A hoarse voice cried. Come in! croaked another. Hurry up! Let's see you! said a third. Inside the cave, Perseus came across the strangest sight he'd ever seen. Three wrinkled old crones were huddled around a fire. They barely had any teeth and they only had a single eye between them all. As they spoke, they passed it around, each one taking a turn to look at their visitor. Why have you come? asked one holding the eye. Hermes said you could tell me where Medusa lives, replied Perseus. Why should we? demanded another sister, grabbing the eye and thrusting it into Perseus' face to examine him. So I can, uh, so I can pay my respects, answered Perseus uncomfortably. He's lying, shrieked the crone. The third snatched the eye and held it up. You're right, she agreed. We shouldn't tell him a thing. Let me look, said the first crone. But as her sister passed the eye to her, Perseus darted forward and slipped his hand beneath it. The eyeball dropped into his palm. Where is it? demanded the first crone, grasping around in the air. I just handed it to you, silly, retorted her sister. You must have dropped it, wailed the first. Not again, groaned the other sister. It was weeks before we found it last time. All three of them began to grope around on the floor for the missing eyeball. It's no use looking down there, said Perseus. He's stolen it, screeched one of the crones, and she lunged at him blindly.
Perseus hopped easily out of the way. Tell me where Medusa lives, and I'll give it back. No! howled three sisters. Tell me now, Perseus insisted, or I'll throw this eyeball into the sea and you'll never find it. She's in the forest on the other side of the mountains, blurted one of the sisters, holding out her hand. Perseus placed the eyeball in her pail. Palm! <laughs> Thank you, he said, and walked out of the cave, leaving the sisters squabbling over the precious eye. Filled with confidence after his first success, Perseus leaped into the air. His winged sandals took flight and he soared over the mountains to Medusa's lair. He reached the forest by sunset. The sun had dyed the sky blood red and birds were singing farewell to the day. Perseus skimmed low over the treetops, looking for signs of Medusa's cave. He passed over a part of the forest that was strangely cloaked in silence. No birds sang, no leaves rustling with life. Cautiously, he descended through the, the, through the trees. He landed on the forest floor and noticed a song bird stone mid-song. Its beak was open and he could see every tiny feather on its lifeless breast. Breast! Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Sorry for the interruption. I can't read. Perseus began to make his way slowly through the trees. Then something <laughs> stopped him. No laughing. Then something stopped him in his tracks. An armed warrior stood in his way. A stone statue with unseen stone eyes and an expression of terror on its face. Further along the path was another statue, and then another. Perseus followed the trail of Medusa's victims until he came to her cave. Quietly, he pulled the cap of invisibility onto his head. Then he drew his sword and stepped into the gloom. A strange... Low hissing noise seeped from the depths of the cave. That must be her, Perseus thought. I have to make sure I don't come face to face with her, or I'll meet the same end as the others before me. He held up the polished shield Athena. Athena. <laughs> Athena! <laughs> Athena had given him and looked into, into it. The cave was reflected perfectly, as in a mirror. Looking only at the reflection to guide his way, he headed cautiously in the direction of the noise. Perseus followed the hissing deeper and deeper into the cave, until finally he saw the Gorgon herself reflected in the shield. She was lying at the far end of the chamber, fast asleep, all the snakes on her head breathing softly. She was so monstrous that even the sight of her reflection made Perseus' run blood run cold. <laughs> We both can't read. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing we can agree on. <laughs> okay, anyways. Sword at the ready, Perseus crept closer and closer. However, just as he drew within striking distance, he stumbled on a rock. 
It skittered across the floor and hit the wall with an echoing crash. Medusa woke with a jump. Who goes there? She shrieked. She leaped into her feet and the snakes on her head started wittering around, hissing furiously. Perseus stood still and held his breath. Medusa glared around the cave, but as but as Perseus was invisible, she said nothing. She took a couple of steps forward, and Perseus seized his chance. He swung his heart. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We're messing up so bad right now. Uh, I'm not editing this. He swung his sword as hard as he could at her neck. (laughs) But it was difficult to judge the distance, looking only at a reflection. His sword lopped off several snakes, but it missed her neck by a good few inches. Medusa glared wildly in Perseus's direction and he felt the stony power of her gaze boring through him. I know you're there. Reveal yourself, coward, she taunted. Are you too afraid to look me in the eyes? Perseus kept his eyes firmly on his shield. Quietly, he picked up a rock and tossed it across the cave. It landed with a crash, and Medusa spun around towards the sound and pounced. Perseus sprang at her and, as quick as a flash, sliced through her neck. Her head rolled onto the floor, eyes wide open, and the snakes fell limp and silent. Careful not to meet Medusa's gaze, even in death, Perseus picked up the head by its snake hair and put it carefully into the bag. He was about to set off when he heard a noise outside the cave. He froze as two other gorgons came inside. Medusa! One of them called. Are you awake? Perseus, still invisible, pressed himself against the wall of the cave as they passed. Who did this? screamed one as she saw Medusa's headless body sprawled on the floor. The other let out such a piercing moan that rocks began to crack and crumble from the roof of the cave. Perseus edged out of the cave unseen and took flight. As he rose high into the sky, the realization of his success filled him with dizzying delight. He swept over the forest, soared over the tops of the mountains, gliding over the sea, crossed the flaming hot desert, and skimmed low over the coast beyond, cooling his face in the sea breeze. Why do I feel like he rhymed? <laughs> When he reached Greece, he went straight to his mother. I'm so glad you're safe, she said, hugging him tightly. But then she said, I have bad news though, I'm afraid. I have to marry the king today. I can refuse only on pain of death. But he's supposed to be marrying Princess H- Perseus began, and then he realized his mistake. I'll see about that, he said and marched off to the palace right away with the bag containing Medusa's head still slung over his shoulder. When he presented himself before the king, 
A murmur of surprise rippled around the assembled crowd. King Polydectus eyed him coldly. What are you doing here? he demanded. I bought you Medusa's head, Perseus replied. As I said, I would. Nonsense, the king snorted. You can never kill Medusa. Do you even know how many real men have tried and failed? I have the head right here if you'd like to see it, said Perseus, his voice simmering with anger. Show me, ordered the king. Everyone who believes me, warned Perseus, look away now. And he held up Medusa's head. Many people averted their eyes, but the king and all his courtiers were turned to stone, where they sat with ugly expressions of horror and disbelief fixed on their faces forever. The end. Have a wonderful night. Hope you have fun while hearing this. Because this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what she said. Good night.